1: Yeah, that's it. Everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Power Up Radio. I'm Dr. Pat. And you probably know me from the Dr. Pat show, which I just finished two hours doing. Yeah. Uh, This is a different version of the Dr. Pat show. It's a show that when I ask all of you what you wanted me to do more of, you came back with one word. You got to be more edgy, Pat. And I thought, look, I'm a girl from the Bronx. That's not hard. And so, this show in particular is a show that features real conversations about real life events happening in the world today. And we cover a range of, of ideas and topics, and it's always a call-in show for all of you out there, 1-800-930-2819. Today, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm really, really honored and thrilled you know, to be doing a show with Dr. Frieda Birnbaum. I'm so excited to be doing this show. And the minute that I got a little teeny bit of information that came across my desk, I called Linda and I said, Linda, please reach out. See if she would be available to talk about what she found, what she discovered. So that's why in the episode title today that you see on social media, or you see it on YouTube or whatever, you're, however you're watching the, the, this show today. Here it is. 47% of Americans say U.S. moral values, not good and getting worse. Now, if you're like me and you're like Dr. Birnbaum, we are researchers. We know what studies are. We usually don't come out and say, you know what, I think, I think moral values, uh, we're in trouble. Don't generally do that. But a lot of times our research or our interest come from a place of that, that place, something energetically, something in the heart. The other day I shared something with you all, and I know we're going to talk about it today. The latest study that came out, it was like a global study. And a global study came out, and it, the United States popped up at the top for one of the most anxious countries in the world. And I thought about that, and I thought about other countries in the world, and I said, what's going on? So today, today, what we are going to talk about is that, what is the state of affairs? Because this amazing research psychologist, psychoanalyst, the author of Life Begins at 60, and I will attest to that, motherhood, marriage, all of the above, we have better be reinventing ourselves, or at least be open to reinventing ourselves, because the pace by which the world is moving, if you are standing in place, you are already behind the eight ball. So today, we're going to be talking with her, award-winning speaker, author, appeared on television, radio, and all of the above, because what we're about to talk about, some people believe is the great divide. Dr. Birnbaum, great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I want to start with the last thing I said. And the last thing I said was some people believe that what you and I are about to talk about is the next great divide. What's your thoughts (laughs) on that?
0: Well, absolutely. That's true. You know, we're living in a time with these political debates that are an excess about righteousness and self-righteousness and our morality, even the way the debate goes, uh, having compassion and intolerance. uh, Just across the board, just consideration for others, it has gone downhill. And we really need to lift our spirits and make these changes. But as you just said, our moral values are getting worse. They're not getting better. And we need to look and see where these values are going and see that it's actually going in the home as well, because our family structure is changing. The way we look at religion, abortions, and even our attitudes have become more liberal, which is good. Uh, The gay and lesbian marriages are getting supported 63% of the time. Uh, But it's because of the media and less religious affiliations that are getting in the way and scrutinizing them. Uh, But then, you know, we're looking at sexual promiscuity and children before marriage and hooking up, and that has changed, and that has become more acceptable as well. So there's an array of different events that are more acceptable, and some are not. Having an affair during marriage is still not acceptable, which may be a good thing. So across the board, you know, we're trending in a way that millennials are really changing uh, our lifestyles. And they are very interesting people that we can really talk about. And I look forward to having a discussion about them as well. I'm surrounded by them.
1: Uh-oh. My, the, my, the head, my senior executive producer, the woman that runs the whole deal. Right. So let me just make a comment. So the age range on our team is like 22 to almost 70. This mm-hmm. The person that runs the production and the shows at 30. And so I love this. I love this. I love things that are, are, are really working out this way because I come from an old school corporate background. I work for the dinosaur phone company, right? But here's what I want to, I want to jump to because I was appalled yesterday. I'm not going to talk about whether or not I agreed with the the coverage of the the Mueller report. That's not what got me. It was one question and one question only. When he was asked, after like hours of stuff, and was asked, do you think that what we've just talked about that the lack of any jurisdiction or action, is that the new norm? And his answer was yes, I'm afraid so. I am I, I don't even know what to do with that, Doctor. I don't even know what to do with that. I I'm a 60s kid. I marched for everything. I even marched for stuff that, you know, where I was the only white person marching. When I heard that, I refused to accept it. But I think you're going to shed some light that perhaps things are changing that way.
0: Things are absolutely changing that way. Uh, And, you know, lack of character is part of politics today. It's the issues. It used to be 49 percent when Bush and Obama were in uh, politics, uh, they were the character and they were lacking in issues. So it really has reversed itself around and it's actually 49% as well for Trump. So uh, we are really dealing with people that are apolitical. Uh, We're not dealing with uh, conservatism anymore. It's more socialism. Uh, It's going more in that direction. Um, The Democrats are really struggling hard uh, to keep afloat Uh, for what their causes are, Um, and you know, Biden even, with his conservatism and his approach that has been so predominant in our lives, um, is really going to go out the window, I see, that he's not getting that support. And it's discouraging in a way because we've had a safety net of what is familiar for us. But you know, it's really what really works for us and it hasn't worked. Let's face the fact. What has worked is being direct, uh, having leadership qualities, uh, being someone who is forceful and focused. We haven't had that. So although we are discouraged about the character traits today in our uh, society, Uh, believe it or not, we're moving forward and we are making progress because we are more open for change more than ever. And as I was saying to you before, the millennials, which are just a wonderfully interesting generation and have taken over the uh, ideas that the baby boomers used to have, uh, and they are really making, I'm telling you, much more sense they're not into The glamour of consumerism and the big house and the big vacations and getting the watch at the end. Uh, They want to live their retirement years now. They want to enjoy themselves now, which is not a bad idea. But, you know, the way they look at change, uh, the way they look at growth, and the way they look at relationships is that they do not want to be with someone who's not going to invest equally. So speaking of, of equality for men and women, they Really do want um, their partners uh, to have uh, financial security, uh, uh, not too much uh, financial debt for school, uh, credit loan, it should be uh, very low. These are their orientations. Although what's interesting about them also is that they do hook up. It's like a pre-first date. That's their pre-interview hooking up, having sex, but they're so busy that they don't get together. They actually text each other, and they don't have time to have sex, really. So they are into their education, into their careers. They do not get married till they're 30 or more than that. And here's something else that I found very interesting. They are together six and a half years before they get married. Yes. Would you believe that? And my mother pushed me i I have to get
1: married after three months. Oh, my gosh. Sure. Jessica's having a wedding next year. We're going to go. Jessica, my senior executive producer. Love her. Love her. We got to love the Jessica. She's like our daughter now. How uh, old is she? 30, right? Uh, okay. But what you just look, I no. I don't know about the hookup thing. So no, Jessica, you're, you're t- 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 so cat. You know can't. Cat's Kat, listening. Don't go tell her I'm saying this. Um, but what you described, I see it over and over again. But can I ask you this question? Because yes. this is what's different than the 60s for me to talk about this. 60s, right? We love. Like I was at Woodstock. The whole thing. The spiel. We didn't call it hookup. But honestly, everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. You know, You know, the the whole value of multiple partners in a sexual encounter came from that generation, right? Yes. But here's the difference. What I notice about what you're saying is there's a commitment here. Like a millennial, if I could characterize, is willing to say, you know, not going to do married. But, you know, I think we could kind of live together and kind of like be like married. That's new for me.
0: That's absolutely new. But what else is happening here, which is I find even more interesting, they are very committed. They're They're not just having affairs. They really... You know, their marriages last long, a 30% increase in their longevity. Uh, So, you know, I have a daughter also, and my husband's always forcing her to... You know, you can't be with somebody more than a year because otherwise it's over. Get rid of the bum. And, you know, that's the way we think. You know, my poor daughter is under such pressure, scares (laughs) the hell out of the guy she's with. That's right. He doesn't know what to do because men are usually not ready for commitment anyway. Uh, So... It's it's really a changing norm, which is very refreshing because these people, these people from 18 into their late 30s, uh, they are basically very serious because they came from a place where there was no jobs. They were very highly educated and no careers. So they're very careful and they're very cautious because they've had trouble even making the money. They're in a lot of debt, you know, with school and so this is a time when we're going a little bit back with the way we used to think about what marriage is and being serious and not getting a divorce, not taking it lightly, what life means. And yet they're very progressive on the certain lifestyle that they do have, which is they want to like they, they want to enjoy being with their boss, they want to enjoy their coworkers, and guess what? They will leave those people. Not because of the money they're making, but because they don't like the environment around them. They would rather take a hike in their backyard than be unhappy at work and go on a vacation in some airplane somewhere. So that's teaching us really the value of what life is all about, relationships and time. Asset, their assets is time, not money. And that's something that is so vital for everyone to know. And that's the new norm today. Yeah, I have to tell you that what you just talked
1: about, we, myself and Linda can personally attest to. And the reason I say that is because we've both learned more from uh, our amazing executive producer in every aspect of what you said. Now, was that easy to learn? Man, look at where we come from. We come from the metaphor of work hard, work hard, work hard. We come from the metaphor of, yeah, grateful for your job. You're lucky you got a job, right? I mean, yeah. that is an old school level of thinking, right? And and the good news is, unless you're like me and you became from corporate to entrepreneur and you went off into retirement, you don't have to learn this new thing. But if you're going to work with a multi-generational team, you better be ready to change. And I find that that has been the gift of this for us. We've learned how to be better people, to understand that basis, to understand that, yes, I'm going to work hard, but I'm going to go uh, to the Bluegrass Festival or or, or or somewhere. And you can
0: teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, you can. I know you this. absolutely can. And this is what's so revolutionary, probably about you and myself as well, that as we got older, uh, we saw that life is even more exciting. We're not falling apart yet, and we have much more to offer. So, really, we have the whole package right now. We have the wisdom, and we still have youthfulness and energy. So, it's a very exciting time uh, for everyone. You know, retirement is really reinventing yourself now. Middle age should be called peak age because you're really at the height of who you are. You know, even the word grandma is going out the window. You know, it's not a rocking chair that you're sitting in anymore. You're going and exercising now, and white water rafting. Well, I never did that and I never will, but people (laughs) have, so I'm not going to change that drastically. But you know, I'm just saying it's just a wonderful time uh, to be uh, involved with all these changes. And so age has also changed. There's a new trend. It's about the compassion, not about who you are. Even these uh, people, these people who are running for election, it's the energy that you have. It's not about the age. And uh, Joe Biden, I hate to say it, is not energetic. Um, he's not showing leadership qualities. and We're going to see next week. No, about- no, we're okay. not. We're not going to see it. Not going to see it. Here's what happened today. What
1: happened? I'm shocked. I tried to call his camp, right? I, I called their camp. I interviewed Miriam Williamson. There are two things I want to point yeah. to about what you said.
0: It's interesting.
1: The headlines today about Biden. Biden yes. It's already starting. So the idea of how he viewed what Kamala Harris did was an attack. Oh, yeah. So we you and I know what an attack is. I know like what an attack is. We know what an attack. I didn't like see that as an attack. Right. What I saw is a woman bringing up an issue in relevant times that a candidate wasn't prepared to answer. Absolutely. But here's his answer today. I'm not going to be nice anymore. I'm going to attack back. And I don't know who his people are. I hope they listen in right now. But that works for some people. That will not work for Joe Biden. Him attacking Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, or I don't even know who else is going to be in that field. That is going to shut his campaign down. Why? Because of what you just said. Because the people that are watching, maybe, but even me watching, I'm thinking, dude, who are you going to attack? You know, but here's what I want to ask you about. There's another generation, the Gen Zers that just came out. Study came out. Sedesto did a study of the Gen Zs. This is a shocking, and I want to talk to you about this as well. So they ask them all the questions, thinking they're going to get the... So they ask him, what do you want about a job? How important is money? How important is this? Do you want this promotion? How important are benefits? It's overwhelming answer. And this came up in my research as well. This was right at the top of my research. Empathy. It oh. topped everything. Wow. Not the money. E- empathy. And I remember interviewing the guy that was talking about the report and he said something so ridiculous that I really called him on it. He said something like empathy. I didn't even think they knew what that was. And I really said to him just what you said. And I want to talk about this now. We have forgotten. We have forgotten what 2006, 2007 2008, 2009, 2010. The only reason we're here is we expanded and built a network in 010. My friends, best-selling authors, ended up in a tent in Sacramento. So there's this sense that we have completely are looking at the stock market today. but The generations that watch their parents lose their jobs, lose their homes, lose their cars, These are our future. And we have totally forgotten what their experience was.
0: And what's interesting, what you're saying is, you know, empathy, when you are more evolved, uh, that's really what you think about caring and kindness and love and feeling. And so these people, this generation is much more evolved because they're talking about connecting, and that's where we really need to go as a society. It takes us right back to the topic of our discussion, and what that means, what is trending, and isn't that wonderful what you're saying? Because if we can stay there, if this new generation is going to bring us that exactly what we're complaining about right now, which is being disrespectful, uh, having no compassion for somebody else, when you watch the debate, you'll see where this is going. It used to be a debate about the facts. Now it's about who can attack who better. It's ridiculous. It's obnoxious. It's like being in kindergarten again. You know, what's interesting is I'm talking about kindergarten, what reminds me when Joe Biden said, well, my time is up, you know, everybody else was one that time and he was so happy. He didn't have to, he, one, I'm telling you, he, he messed up so royally. I thought about when I was in gym, because I hated gym. I'm not <laughs> athletic at all. I can't do anything. My mother did this to me. It's her fault. But whatever. <laughs> when the bell rang and the gym teacher said, time is up, I was so relieved. I said, thank God I don't have to stay there. Right away, that's how I felt. He also felt like his he's free, he doesn't have to be there anymore. So when we're looking at compassion today and where that's going to take us and empathy, where that's going to take us. Does it have to, do we have to wait till we're older and wiser to know that that is so important, that that's the sense of the most important sense of well-being. when someone's nice to you and doesn't slam the door in your face in the supermarket or rushes in front of you in some way, you know, what's with these people? But it's interesting because that can make your whole day one kind word, One nice feeling, one compliment that somebody says in a day, nothing else can really take its place. Uh, And, you know, we're always credit junkies. I know I am. I'm still, I'm in the media. Here I am. You know, egos are stroke and all this stuff. But when it comes to one-on-one, and somebody looking in your eyes and doing that. And as I'm talking to you, I'm remembering something else. The millennials do not get that. Because my son, who's 18, he's upstairs right now in his room also. He's hugging his computer. What can I tell you? And that's, you know, there's no, uh, that's his contact. That's his love. And one day he'll be virtual reality, I guess. Or maybe he means that. Who knows what society is going because they they are talking about those things and maybe we're going to be antiquated with the way we feel. I don't know. But, you know, when we have, even talking and looking at you and seeing your expressions helps me to really understand what I'm feeling over talking on the phone or talking, you know, just uh, audio. So that is so important, to have that kind of contact with someone, to see that they're people, that they're vulnerable, they have different character traits. We're all involved in this, and when we see that nobody's 100% in any way, it makes you feel better about Feeling understood by that other person. So, that is one negativity that the millennials and I hope the younger generation will change because we're talking about longevity, we're talking yeah. about health, not being in nature. All across the board, the spectrum really involves uh, your mental well being. So, although technically we're advanced, and if you talk to my son, <laughs> he can tell you everything about anything you want to know. Because that's what he does upstairs, and I'm downstairs right now. <laughs> so socially, There's a missing link here. Socially, it's not, it's something 30. When he's ready, it'll be 40. So fertility, fertility better watch out here. These yeah. women have to do something if it keeps going in that direction. With careers, they want to educate themselves even more now. It's not enough. No. Nope. Uh, you know, PhD. I mean, I did it when I was older later. I did too. I did too. I the kids. Yeah, I did it too. I went That's back cool. after. It's interesting because, you know, the message we gave our daughters, of uh, my daughter anyway, was to uh, have a career first. So you're not dependent on a man. And now she did that. And that, where are the men? They did, went and got married to the younger women, didn't have the careers so who's better off but so you know we're always trying to make these changes and when we go ahead and we move forward with what is important well it's important to be greedy it's important to have everything it's important to have your career a relationship a family if that's possible you know there's a lot of stigma during our time when we were going for careers like you know you were not uh, a family person a woman yeah. who has a is thought of as selfish. A man who has a career and a family is thought of a family as a family. So these things, hopefully, when we're talking about trends today, uh, should really change because women uh, who have careers are also wonderful mothers. And there is a way of doing both. And uh, young girls who see their mothers uh, having careers uh, really are more content, and boys too are happier in the long run. So go figure. It's not that you're not taking care of your children, you know. You're, it's what you do rather than what you say that makes that difference. And so those these role models are changing today. So yes. We taught our children and our daughters to have careers. Now today it's have a career, but it's not all work. Because my mindset was work, work, work. You know, know. know, I'm working still. And so are you, but you're enjoying it. It's not about anything, but about being true to yourself and having a passion for what it is that you're doing. Something that you feel you can contribute. Because contributing, you know, I have a patient who has loads of money. And, uh, He wanted to open up something for his children, some kind of investment for them. And I said, do them a favor, don't give them anything. Let them be productive. Let them feel good about themselves because taking is different than giving and they would really be missing out. So as I'm saying to you, the new trend is more about giving, about connecting, about having empathy for other people. It's so refreshing because we didn't have that, because we were too busy fighting this revolution for women. And now the Me Too movement—they're busy fighting again, and it's a little bit different. Women have more careers than ever; they're more heard than ever. So that trend is changing to the better, uh, because when I had children and I was going to school, there was a huge stigma against me. Women, you know, did not support it. And today also, by the way, research has shown that And my research, by the way, I just want to tell you. Well, first, let me tell you, I want to tell you, I want to I want folks to know, first of all,
1: how do they find out more about you? How can they get copies of your book? And how, because we're, we're in a roll here. But I okay. just want people to know more about you, more about your book, more about your work, m- more of everything about you. Because you and I, in this short period of time, we're going to scratch the surface for yes, this. Yes, I know
0: that. And they have to be able to find got, out more about what you're saying. We've gone through a lot together, and we've changed a lot and our generation compared oh. to what it oh, ha- what used to be, we did set a pace. Uh, we were frontier people. We have to admit that. Uh, si- sitting here and talking to you, I know what you had to fight as well. People can see me <laughs> on, on the media. I'm on TV. I'm on the radio. I have a website, uh, Dr. Frida. Uh, Frieda.com is my website, and you know I, I write. Um, I'm writing a book, whatever. But you know I love doing this because I love talking to people like you and relating, and and having a role model of us for other people to know that you can set new styles and new trends. You don't have to wait. You can use yourself because no one can tell you right. what is right or wrong as you know because they told me everything and they were all wrong exactly they were all wrong uh, exactly <laughs> and we were supposed to be good we were supposed to listen just imagine uh, the, the okay. only right
1: yeah. thing we like, the only right thing that I could recall back and remember is my grandmother's Outstanding Italian meatball recipe recipe with the secret, but everything else thereafter was subject to evaluation. You know, I want to ask you about one thing. Yes. This is really important. Go
0: ahead.
1: I talk, and the other day I was talking to my team or a couple of team members, a couple of people, and I said something like, "You know, blah blah blah, uh, Elizabeth Warren." If she wins, she's going to, one of the first things she's going to do is executive order, equal rights amendment or something. ERA. I said ERA. (laughs) This is funny, but it's not funny. So the response was, what has she got to do with guns? And I said, what? ERA. And they looked at me like, isn't that the gun people? No, that's NRA, ERA. Do you know what ERA is? Here's what I think you and I have to get better at doing. Somehow the things that you and I know, we think every, all the women know. No. Women don't know they don't have equal rights. They don't know what the ERA is. And, and don't you think it is appalling that we're getting ready to have another debate and I will guarantee you, not a single one, maybe Buttigieg will bring it up, will bring ERA up. And I I find that if we don't come out, if you and I, which we're doing, we have to come out of the bubble to not make an assumption about what everybody knows. But why would women have the ERA at the top of their list? Well, they would have it out there if they understood what they're what they have to lose, but we're not telling anybody.
0: And we need more programs like this uh, to be able to get it out there, to be able to mainstream it, uh, even a panel of women to talk about uh, different ages. You know, I did one of those programs. It was wonderful because different ages, different relationships, divorce, uh, marriage, single, whatever that was and what they're all going through. But, you know, here's a, a situation which is interesting also, because when women do make a lot of money, they lose a lot of friends. And when they make more money than their husbands, people are really intimidated and a lot of these women tend not to get married. They have relationships, but they're not really socially accepted. So here we're working so hard to have equality or even more, who says we're not even smarter than some of these men around us, right? But then again, uh, there is this stigma when we do get there and words are used, uh, aggressive rather than assertive. Uh, These negative connotations uh, for women. And you know, another thing of my research, and that's what I wanted to tell you, Yes, yes. The was about uh, women who, uh, the effects of a relationship when a housewife becomes a professional. Because, you know, men marry women for certain reasons, and then she's out there and she's exploring the world, and are, are they able to put up with that? So, you know, it did show that the marriages do become better. Divorce happens in the midst of it, but if you work on it, It's better. The woman makes all the decisions uh, she's heard and everybody is much happier. But really, when you look at uh, women today and how they are looking at the world around them, It's just wonderful because they are living a life that we didn't have. Yeah. They are really much more promoted in ways uh, that we weren't promoted. But then again, we have to really support each other. Do you know part of my research showed that women who are not uh, who did not feel successful uh, really were very competitive with other women. The ones that feel that they have arrived did not compete. Not at all. But the other ones manipulated because they felt that they had to prove themselves in some way. I remember when I had little kids, some of these women, I couldn't tolerate them. (laughs) They're always like trying to show that they, they're the best at everything and they're, Whatever it was, I mean, I just kept a low profile. So these women that really feel that they haven't gotten there put their energy into negative situations rather than saying, all right, stop everything. When you're jealous of somebody, it's really a way to say, what is it that I envy? And that's really the right word. And go yeah. ahead and say, you know what? This person makes me uncomfortable. What is it about that? Maybe I can do something for myself as well. And it's never too late. I mean, I got my no. when I was 46. So
1: No, I agree with you. I got mine shortly thereafter. And the yes. only reason I went After, back to school wow. Well, I went back to school because I worked for the phone company since I was 17. I was homeless at 17. I got a job by the grace of God or whatever you believe in. 48 days out of of school and Dora Stoner hires me in the phone company to push a mail cart. And I almost got fired from that. Right. But here I am and I'm in the phone company. And back in the day, I'll say it, you could work your way up. And I got to a point where one of my bosses said to me, Pat, you are not going to get a raise, go back to school. I went back to school. It took me 13 years to get my undergraduate degree. Okay, good for you. 13. But I didn't have the kind of education that most people have. I come came from a broken family. Mom committed suicide. But here's what I want to say about what you said. I'm in an industry, so I've been told. I'm telling you, I had a conversation with one of my uh, 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 friends who owns another network. He owns another network. So he says three things to me, because anytime we we have a host that we that doesn't fit our network, I say, go over to Jeff or go over to Mike, go okay. to their network. And when I say that to people, they're like, OK, how much money do you want for airtime? Really? I'm like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute i don 't do sports shows. Jeff has a sports channel over there. Go over to Jeff looked at the, the, this is really this is a true story. The guy said to me, that is impossible. I will double what you ask me for for this airtime and I said, i got to tell you, I studied. The consequences of broken promises and integrity for 10 years. There's no way I'm taking any of your money. I don't care what you do, but I will help you get a really good rate with Jeff. So I made that happen. So Jeff comes back to me, Jeff and Mike, mega owners. See, we're independent radio and network owners. We own networks where other people can do a show and we're not owned by the big conglomerates. So if you want to come on here and you want to talk about whatever you talk about, you can talk about it. We our network has a philosophy that it has to have a sense of integrity and has to do a transformation. That's our network. But here's what they say to me. Both of them. They're like, Pat, you're like totally weird. No other network owner partners with competitive networks. I went blank because I don't see myself as a network owner. So that's number one. I I don't even see it. That's number one. The other thing they say to me is they say, do you know you're probably the only woman network owner that owns a network of any substance in the world? Wow. And I'm like, here's what I said. I said, you know, that's going to look good. I said two things. Go find out for sure and I can put it on my resume so when I start my speaking platform again, that's going to be great. But it doesn't matter to me. And so then I got approached by a woman partner and she said the same something, but she said it differently. Here's what she said. She said, Pat, You're schlepping, you're schlepping your responsibility. And I thought, holy cow, I have more women on my network than any network in the country. And I said, what do you mean schlepping? I mentor people, I teach them how to do a show. She said here, you have to stop and get out behind the microphone and you have to get out in public. You have to tell your story and you have to help other women rise up. That's on my plate to do. But I have to tell you, it's kind of like you. It's, it's very much be, like me, like you're talking about me. It's going to be a stretch for me. But don't we as women have to do more? Don't we have to come? I'm, I'm not going to talk about you because you're already out there. You're writing books and everything. Well, you know, I, I, all these PR people. Yeah. yeah so I'm they're all sure. like, write do- your book, Pat. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't even know. But for me, I finally get it because I think what they're saying is it's great that you're doing this, but you have a responsibility to come out in the world and inspire others. And see, that was a light bulb that went on for me, Dr. Frieda. That was a light bulb for me.
0: Well, you, you would be wonderful, and I could see you doing it. It's, uh, it wouldn't be a stretch at all. It would be something very natural, because look at us, the way we're talking. You're very good at this. Uh, you really have good ideas. You're good at bringing people up, bringing me out. You're excellent. Uh, if, if I would have a show, I'd have you on. And I was thinking of having a show, a panel of other women, as I did before in Hallmark, and they did invite me to come back. Let's do it. Why don't we do the panel here? Why don't uh, I talk to you after
1: and why don't we talk about how you could come on, how we can how we can
0: start a panel series? OK, now, would it be visual or would it be audio?
1: Oh, I, we do all visual. We we. this is the only show that I think I haven't done Facebook Live.
0: OK, well, you know, all Just right. think about it. It's, think it's about so much, it. It's, there's so much to talk about. You know, I know. But but Uh, let's get back to the topic,
1: because I like that we're together talking about it, because this is an idea you have. I want to help you manifest
0: that idea. I did did it. It was was so much fun. And all the stories that we had and age was a huge factor, how people look at age in Europe and and, and the society today, (laughs) you know, uh, just respect in Europe and uh, it's it's just different. It's a different society here. Uh, But we're getting better. You know, younger men, older women, we're getting there more and more. As women have careers, it's becoming more the case uh, and we're not looking for men to support us. So we're looking for other qualities in men. And nurturing uh, and aggressiveness are going hand in hand where people are taking turns at home uh, with each other, with childcare. So that's becoming... more natural. Of course, men are going to be happier and live longer because they're going to have more downtime and women want more responsibility. So we're exchanging both for each other, which is a wonderful thing. I just want to share a quick story with you. Yeah. My mother, who's an Orthodox Jew- who was Orthodox Jewish lady, my parents, I come from an Orthodox family. I'm no longer Orthodox because I thought it was very hypocritical. But anyway, so um, every time I got a job, she would say no. So I got a job uh, with uh, dancing. I, w- I was always it wanted to be acting, but to me her, it was like being a prostitute, you know, forget it. Not my daughter. So um, so every time I would get some kind of opportunity, uh, being a host somewhere, on television somewhere, uh, she would say no. And one time I was walking down the street to work and somebody who did host a show in Cleveland, Michael Douglas, he stopped me, wanted to know if I wanted to be on a show. And I said no, because I thought my mother would kill me. And I went to this stupid little retail store and worked as uh, selling clothing. And then uh, I came home late Friday night and she had the police after me because she didn't know I was an hour late. But the point was, I did take a job that made her happy, a secretary. At that time, you know, today we have this. We don't need an office. We don't need to commute. We don't need to get rest. Nothing. It's so- yeah. A lot of expenses and time, so time can, saving so much time. So um, got a job as a secretary. And this man who's hiring me uh, gives me a alcohol to drink, shows me pictures of his ex-secretary uh, on the beach. And so to her, what she thought was safe was the least safe place to be. But you know, at that time, uh, my generation pleasing our parents was number one. We just wanted to make sure that they were okay. So we did things, but they were clueless to what society around them had. So in my situation, I was very uh, repressed with what who i was supposed to be and what i was supposed to do uh, even who i was supposed to marry and when i was supposed to marry and she would go around and, and just to explain to you what back when i came from crying to the cleaning lady at the at the cleaning store for clothing that her daughters aren't married yet and she was so just, so i was so upset for her i got married right away i wanted to make sure at 21 <laughs> i went to gross singer single do you know what that is yeah state of new york married met yeah. my husband. Yeah. Slater got married. Is my mother happy now? Whatever. So we come from this place of wanting to fit in to what society dictates and the norms of society. But society itself is confused. And what even what we were, are supposed to represent to society is not really who we are. And age is a huge factor. If people would tell their age more often then age would be represented appropriately because it's no longer 60, 70, even 80 being an old lady. Oh. It just didn't work for me that way. And I'm sure other people feel the same way. And I've lectured and spoken about it as well. So we really need to re-identify who we are and finally tell the truth about what we are and what we want and, and what is right for us individually because society uh, really is shocked about uh, what we're supposed to be. So we have to tell society who we are. I, had, I was 53 when I had a child and uh, now... Women are creeping into their early fifties, late forties, through in vitro having children. So I always did things in a way that there—I always had a stigma, just to let you know, because I couldn't wait to be told because I was older than the rest. You know, right. so I, I couldn't. So now, what I did then was okay, but uh, you know, everyone's doing. It. What else is new? Working. <laughs> careers i mean what's the big deal so i had to think for myself so now again you know it's fun it's wonderful because if you can take your own thoughts and go ahead and find ways to get there. You will tell other people how to get there. It's not only not listening, but helping others along, pulling younger generations along with you. And as you said, you know, helping others—that's what I find also. So we have to have this panel. It's a calling. It's it a, is. It really is, and it's it's a fun thing to do as well. And it's also generational uh, to see and what. And it's our-
1: informative. And it's educational because the thing that I'm discovering is I cannot assume, and you said it before, we cannot assume that just because we've been through stuff and we know stuff that others don't know stuff. The other thing we can't assume is that because we've been through stuff and we know stuff that we can't learn more stuff. And I'm learning that. I'm learning that, for example, from Jessica, who I'm watching and people, people ask me this question. Why do I think? Buttigieg has raised so much money is so popular in the face of what you've just discovered about morals. Right. Why do I think that? So here's the thing. So when I was a millennial age, I don't know what we called us. We had only one way to express ourselves, the street. So we think if we don't see these generations on the street, they don't care, but they're doing it in the digital world. They are clicking and you never hear from them as a large group, but they are paying money, 25 million. They are expressing their point of views. It's a new world we live in. But here's my question for you. And I know I've got about five minutes left. Here's my question. It feels like silence to a lot of people. Maybe it's my generation. But when Congresswoman Omar went back to Minnesota. I don't even say that name. Went back to Minnesota. Please. Got off the plane. Ugh. The woman expected the body. Got, the woman. Ex- what she was met with. Love. Yes. OK, so here's the thing. When they put the people on the camera that were talking, there wasn't a single, all women, not a single one under had to be 60. And so this is what I'd like us to explore as, as we come forward. I think it's great to click a button and donate money. But my greatest fear for the, this generation is to become the invisible generation, the generation that has a digital blueprint and no face. Are my fears warranted or am I kind of overreacting and too old school?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, not at all. And uh, on the contrary, it's something that is a very thoughtful idea. And something that really needs to be discussed because we absolutely have to make changes. It's not a good thing. Everybody needs to have. I mean, we're human beings. When you're talking about empathy, we need to have a face with that empathy. We need to see expressions. We need to be part of the world and connect to each other. That's what we're all here for. You know, naturally, we human beings like to be with other human beings. We don't like to be isolated. You know, depression comes from isolation and loneliness and health and even uh, longevity, as I said before. So we really have to make those changes. And you are 100 percent right. It's not discussed It's not spoken about. They complain about it, but we don't see the changes and we don't have any kind of ways of looking at what we need to do. And we really need to investigate and we need to go ahead and produce something because these poor kids are not happy. They really aren't. They're doing a great service for us technically, but you know, the machines can do that and robots can do that for us eventually. But as human beings, we have to, it's our obligation to get them on board, to show them what they're missing. Cause you're right. They don't know what they're missing. They're clueless. Yes. They've never yes. experienced it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you
1: for today. Um, and I want to make sure folks uh, get a copy of your book for sure. Life begin at begins at 60. Um, I want to say this, and then I want to ask you your personal message. For those of you out there, go to DrFrieda.com, and I'll spell it F-R-I-E-D-A.com. And you'll also see it on our website, um, either on the Dr. Pat Show or Power Up. You'll see it there. And also, we'll be sending this show out across our social media so you'll be able to hear it again. Um, lots of information, lots of ways to follow you, and I, I, I look forward to helping set up that panel. Yes. Um, this is the interesting thing that I think about. I never thought in a million years in my life, as many protests as I've done, that I would actually have in my employ a woman that fought in a war. I never thought it. And so I'm reminded about how far we've come. And the reason that stands imprinted in my heart, if you remember It was the sole reason that the ERA didn't pass. It was that point, that one point. And people right now are calling for this new change. And out of all these candidates, I think it was Elizabeth Warren was the one. I think it was her who said it. But even to this day, there's no dialogue. And so... I'd be interested after the debate for you to come back Oh, thank so you. that we could discuss whether or not attacking other people is actually what the
0: public wants. I don't know about that. I mean, that's something that's a whole discussion. In that itself. that is. One thing I need to talk to you when I come back is about Omar because she really strikes a chord inside me. And in this free country that we're living in, it's just, you know, when we're talking about the future and we're talking about trends and changes, come on, let's hope this is not part of our changes. And so I'm really on fire about that as well. And we will talk about that. There are so many things I love
1: about what we're being triggered to rethink. It reminds me of going back because you see what that means to us whether you and I agree or me and Jessica, it doesn't matter. We're passionate and purposeful about it, that we get fired up about it. And I think we've been smoldering for a decade, smoldering and our fires have gone almost out. So the fact that we can get fired up about
0: something, I hope it's not out. Uh, Let me tell you something. I'm fired all the time. That's my husband. I'm always fired. That's who I've always been. And I always have this urge and this need. It's like you uh, push me down and I just keep popping up. Me too. uh, This is genetic. I don't know. My mother was this way too, but she didn't have the opportunity to use it. She didn't right. know how to get there, what to do about it. I was fortunate. Ryan called me from who knows where. And I got on the radio and then I got on TV and they kept calling me and I've been busy ever since. That's but right. yes, you know, a lot of things on fire about and also about. The different opportunities a person has during their lifetime that you need to know that luck is working hard and you get to that luck. And then when you fulfill that, and I know I'm not going to take up money, but when you fulfill that, I always feel, you know, Freud used to say you have to work and then play hard. And when you do that, then you can enjoy your playing more than ever because you do need that balance. You need to be productive and you do need to have fun. That is really what encapsulates the importance of what life is. Of course, health is, 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 is number one. But after that, that's really where it's uh, where it, what, what okay. we're wired for it. We are not wired to lay on the couch.
1: Thank you, everybody.
0: <laughs> the preceding audio was via a Skype call.